Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, May 14th, 2020, and today we're reading from the Big Book, Chapter 11, and we're on page 156, the fifth paragraph. Here was a prospect, all right? Today's readers are, for the 12 steps, Lisa L., 12 traditions, Darlene H., and reading the text are Barbara E., Katie G., and Sandy W. is their backup. The reference numbers for Wednesday, May 13th, are for the 7 a.m., 14,616. That's 14616. And for the 10 a.m., are 14,618. That's 14618. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Lisa L. to read the 12 steps. Star one, Lisa. Good morning, it's Lisa L. from Brooklyn. Here are the steps we took which are suggested as a program of recovery. One, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service. Thank you. I will now ask Darlene H. to read the 12 traditions of OA. Good morning, Darlene H. from Columbus, Georgia. Here are the 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. 
Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should never—I'm sorry—should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. Thank you. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share in what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our absence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 156, the fifth paragraph. I will ask Barbara E. to begin reading. Good morning, everyone. Here was a prospect, all right, but by the description, none too promising. The use of spiritual principles in such cases was not so well understood as it is now. But one of the friends said, put him in a private room will be down. I love the line attributed to Dr. Bob saying to Bill, if you and I are going to stay sober, we better get busy. And that's how Dr. Bob and Bill W. got acquainted with AA number three, Bill Dobson. He was in a hospital in Akron, Ohio with delirium tremens and had blackened the eyes of two nurses. He was strapped down to his bed. A well-known attorney and a city councilman, a man of accomplishments, and yet he'd been hospitalized eight times in the last six months. And every time he got released, he got drunk before he even got home, proving that you could come from Yale or come from jail. 
Alcohol, and in our case, compulsive overeating, can strike anyone down. Bill D's story sounds a bit similar to my story. I had no childhood episodes of unhappiness, just an affinity for needing to consume excessive amounts of food. The two men kept it simple. No forms to fill out, just a couple of drunks who thought they found a solution and wanted to pass it on to him. They returned to him for several days, continuing to tell their story and how they thought it might work for him. And they offered hope and humbly asked God for help and guidance and protection in their task. He told that, he told Bill W. Bill D. Excuse me about making amends for harms they had done to others. And uh, at the end of the four days, I believe Bill D. Got up and said to his wife, "We're going home. I'm through with this drinking." And so the first A. A. meeting was. Excuse me. Oh, I'm the sorry. First, <laughs> the first was... AA, the first AA meeting was started in Akron, Ohio, and look how AA has grown. Today in 2020, everyone knows about AA. Unfortunately, not so with OA. There are so many frothy message out, messages out there. Lose 10 weeks. You can eat whatever you want and still lose weight. Intermittent fasting, the keto diet. Even, unfortunately, medical professionals don't know OA is out there. It's up to us to carry the message to the medical professionals and by being an advocate of the program, offering to speak to people, going to meetings, sharing with others what we've been so freely given. The only upsides of this horrific pandemic for me is now I get to Zoom to meetings all over the country and even the world, and I see there are people out there just like us who eat like us and who think like us and know that there is hope for us. And perhaps in 40 years, OA will be as well-known as AA is today. I asked one of my sponsees to send me a Time, quote. please. Thank you. That meant something to her, and she sent me... Act as if your life made a difference. It does. Thank you, I pass. Thank you, Barbara. And apologize for having to command that my dog come in in the house out of the rain. Okay, so while we value your experience and we ask, we ask that you limit your shares to every third day in order that others might share their experience. And who would like to share on this Fifth paragraph on page 156. Elena. Amanda B. Elena. And was that Amanda? Yep. Okay. I have Elena and Amanda. Who else? Star one to unmute if you'd like to share. Uh, Sandy W. Sandy W. Tina S. R. Nessa R. Tina S. Then Nessa R. Sam W. Sam W. Okay, that's six. I could take one or two more, but we can stop there. 
No one's ready. Okay, I have Elena B. I think Amanda B. I'm not sure about these initials. Sandy W. Tina S. Nessa R. And Sam W. Go ahead, please, Elena B. Elena C. This is Elena C. Okay. From South Carolina, Greenville. I'm gratefully recovered compulsive overeater, and I'm very happy to be here to listen to you and just beautiful share about this, um, you know, what Dr. Bob and Bill W. have been doing, how they started the program, and beautiful share. Thank you. Um, You know, I um, just, I'm I'm struck by the prospect, all right, but the description was none too promising, so he was another one probably labeled with a hopeless alcoholic, uh, a reputable man who otherwise was very much um, prey to this condition that we all are having and had no idea what to do, just kept on coming in this hospital. And um, these are two men, you know, that willing to give it away and who, um, you know, who were well aware through their spiritual awakening that that's the only way they can stay, um, keep the spiritual condition that they had, the spiritual fitness that they were having as a result of working on the step if they give it away to this third person. And um, I'm just amazed by this, amazed by how, um, how this uh, fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous have become have have been born and also um you know i hear what they are saying put him in a private room will be down there's a lot of confidence in those statements um maybe but that's just what i read and like just the hope from from this statement that they are going to be able to help him um and i think they pretty much did and um you know, I, for me, I am struggling with a chronic anxiety for a couple of months now, ever since this pandemic. And um, otherwise, promises have come through for me through my working on the step. But, you know, if I am to give it away and helping others and outreaching to them, it's one of the most important things that I can do for myself to stay in good spiritual condition. And I'm so happy to be here today with that op-pass. Thank you. Thank you, Elena C. Okay, Amanda B., I believe it is, followed by Sandy W. Amanda, star one. Amanda? Okay, we'll come back to her. Sandy W, you're up, and then we'll try. Hi, can you hear me? Yes, this Amanda. Oh, yeah. Okay, go ahead, Amanda, and then we'll have Sandy. Sorry about that. Um, It's Amanda B here in Toronto. Um, Thank you so much today for the reading. Uh, The first thing that stuck out to me is not too promising. I think if people didn't help me, if they, if I think when I showed up in the rooms, if people looked at me and said, hmm, I wonder if she's promising. Let's see. I'm going to decide if I'm going to help her, like dependent on whether she's promising. I don't know if I ever would have got help. Um, People don't need to be promising or not promising for me to help them because um, they're not a trophy for me. 
it's and and hope and thank God I wasn't a trophy for anyone else. Um, you know, my, well, I had one sponsor say that we love the unlovable, and I don't think that's really true. But I, I think that what's true is that I don't have to worry about if somebody's promising. My job is to stay well myself and be of service. And also, one thing I know for certain is. I don't know when what I say is going to impact somebody. Um, and this whole disease for me is about I want control. I want to look good. I want to achieve, succeed, and win. So when I take that out of the equation and I sit back and say, God's going to put in front of me whoever I need to help, then all I need to do is show up and be of service because I have this superpower in the background that's going to keep me safe and secure. And when I have that, then I don't have to control the outside. So I I just, what really stuck out was that line, not too promising. And what came into my head is just God saying, it doesn't matter if somebody's promising or not. I had a sponsor say to me, I'm going to be abstinent whether you are or not. And I thought, yikes, that's rough. But you know what? That's the best thing she could do for me. And then my recovery just wasn't dependent on her. She had to show up and be of service. And that was how I was taught. And that's, what I find so helpful. Um, Thank you. That'll pass. Thank you, Amanda. And now we'll have Sandy W. followed by Tina S. Thank you, Katie. Thanks. Thanks so much for your service. Couldn't remember if I had unmuted or not. I think I did. Um, So this is Sandy W. Gratefully. Okay, great. Thank you. This gratefully recovered in um, Connecticut. And um, as we're reading this paragraph, I'm feeling challenged um, to think about what do I do when presented with the prospect, you know, especially one seeming none too promising, as it says. You know, Bill and Bob had to seek each one out, um, but we get them presented to us in so many ways, you know, taking down newcomers' names and numbers. Um, announcing ourselves as an available sponsor, going outside of vision to face-to-face meetings or other phone meetings, even those where the message isn't so clear or the recovery so strong. You know, so what am I doing today? You know, almost three and a half years now recovered, and is it enough? You know, um, I think I'm feeling challenged to meditate on that and and let God guide me because that's what this amazing program teaches me to do. You know, um, I love the clear-cut directions, how each morning upon arising, I'm taught to ask God for inspiration um, and look for that intuitive thought or decision throughout the day, then not struggle because those right answers will come. Um, Hopefully, beautifully now, not so much as a surprise um, as the occasional hunch, which I think it says, or inspiration, but becoming more of a working part of my mind. You know, so I start my day with him and I connect with him throughout the day. And and he leads me to those not too promising prospects. Um, And then he stays as my guide as we sit in what I I guess they're virtual now private rooms. You know, God and the concrete directions in this book, which I believe are so, so completely God inspired. You know, that gives me the words to say and the actions to take to help those still suffering. Um, and in those beautiful exchanges, as I share my experience, strength, and hope, you know, I get to stay recovered. So um, the privilege and the honor and the responsibility to work with others beautifully generates just an ever-growing circle of recovery, you know, I guess just as witnessed in the growth of AA and other 12-step programs as, as um 
um, and especially as I've gotten to witness in the growth of this healthy meeting, um, you know, if I guess it continues, if I reach out, continue just to reach out in those private rooms. So just as this paragraph says, yes, I want to be right down wherever I'm needed, each one day at a time. You know, sometimes it feels selfish because I know that's what keeps me recovered. But at the same time, um, if I can help in growing that circle, um, that, that, that gets to be my pleasure now. So with that, I'll pass. Thanks again, Katie. Thank you, Sandy. Okay, Tina S., you're up, followed by Nessa R. Thanks so much, Katie. Tina S., Recovered Compulsive Eater, Anorexic in Florida. Wow, what a great uh, paragraph. Uh, I love the shares. You know, it, it says, here was a prospect, you know, and I, and I look up these definitions in, in the book because, you know, when I came in here, I thought I knew what every word meant, you know. Uh, spoiler alert, like someone else says, I, I really don't. And a prospect, he's a, he's a future person, maybe one of our tra- our travelers, you know. And how can I have an effect upon this person? You know, and, and it says that we use, that back then, the use of spiritual principles was not so well understood, you know. And today, that that's the gift that we have, you know. We have, uh, over time, had the experience and, and the pleasure of uh, having a transformation through the 12 steps. And, you know, I love that someone shared that, you know, this par- it sounds like they're really pretty confident that they're, they're going to be able to take care of this guy. You know, because in, in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, it tells me that, you know, an alcoholic or compulsive overeater can have an effect on someone like no non-alcoholic or non-compulsive overeater can. You know, we have the experience. We share the common bond of the disease, and we also sh- can share the common solution that we now have, that someone was, someone so freely get, had, had given to me, you know, someone with, in with whom the problem had been solved one day at a time, you know, gives me that experience, strength, and hope. And so, therefore, you know, initially, in order for me to recover, it said, if I don't give this thing away, I won't keep it. That's only the reason I did it initially. But today, over time, you know, I have a passion today so that other people can experience what I have. You know, and I have to say this just for me. If, if I got what I wanted when I first got here, I would have so cheated myself. You know, I have a life today beyond my wildest dreams. And it's because I do this deal imperfectly one day at a time. You know, I get up in the morning and I ask God for direction. I have a plan, a food plan. I follow it no matter what, you know. And, and I lay my head on the pillow at night, completely satisfied that if for nothing else, I did not pick up the food today and that I had an experience to live free of the obsession and, and the food addiction. And with that, I'll pass. Great stuff. Thank you, Tina. Okay, Nessa R., you're up, followed by Sam W. Thank you. Good morning, Vision for You. This is Nessa R. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. I also want to share on uh, the phrase not to promising. Um, because um, I, I have no ways of knowing who's promising and who's not. Um, you know, I may see somebody who's so beset with challenges and their life is sort of controlled that I might think that they are not promising and then they turn out to be the sponsors who do recover. You know, it says uh, on page 58, rarely have we seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our path, right? You know, so that tells me that everybody has the capacity to recover. And the only requirement is that they thoroughly follow our path. And I also want to talk about the not to promising with regards to how we choose meetings. You know, um, 
you know, I'll speak for myself. You know, I want to go to promising meetings. I want to be immersed in the um, message of recovery. I want to be with recovered people because I want to learn from recovered people. But as a recovered person, is that really what is needed of me? You know, when I'm in the process of recovery, when I'm just uh, undertaking um, the journey, I do need to be steeped in the message of recovery. I do need to go the, to the uh, to the so-called strong, healthy meetings. But as a recovered person, my job is to carry the message. And you know, vision for you doesn't need NSR to um, to try to carry the message because there's like 400 people on the line who can you know, try to carry the message. I need to go to meetings and venues now that there's like, you know, Zoom and WhatsApp and, you know, all these things where the message is not being carried or for some reason not being heard. I need to go to the so-called sick meetings and weak meetings um, or, or venues. Um, I need to start meetings in my city. Um, even if, you know, it's not a meeting that, you know, has 70 people in it, you know, even if it's one other person, two other people, as long as I am um, carrying the message indiscriminately without making judgments, promising, not promising, worth my while, not worth my while, you know, my job is to, to try to carry the message, not only so that the fellowship will grow, but, you know, people tell me that unless I carry the message, you know, my own recovery um, can be on the line as well. And I've seen it happen. I've seen people who on the cusp of recovery have made excuses for not sponsoring and they've lost it. So um, that's what I wanted to, um, to share, you know, go out, start meetings, reach out to uh, people who are um, in, in weaker meetings um, because, you know, we don't have to work hard to find prospects like uh, Bill and Bob had to do. We have them right under our noses. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nessa. Sam W., you're up, and then we'll open it up for more shares on page, the fifth chapter on page 156. Hi. Um, thank you so, I'm sorry. Um, thank you so much for hosting this space. Um, thank you so much. Um, I, um, my name is Sam W., and I'm a compulsive overeater. I'm based in Ithaca. Um, I wanted to talk about a few points. Um, the first point that has uh, is is being uh, touched upon by everyone here already, um, and is being um, and uh, is the idea is the not to prom or who's promising and not promising, and that really resonated with me as I'm moving through um, uh, the ways that I have made very conscious decisions about who is valuable, who will have the potential to be valuable in my life, and the kinds of metrics and the kinds of scales and mathematics and calculations that I have been doing. Um, to to assess who will be promising and valuable in my life as if I'm as if I'm speculating or prospecting based on a past that has not necessarily contributed to the greatest forms of being in my present moment and yet I cling to them and I have clung to them and I trust myself a self that I am already acknowledging is uh, is valuable and is not wholly and fully capable of of my own self awareness of 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 decision of identification of identifying my issues others issues um where i i need help um where um i need improvement and and i'm i yet i trust myself more than um a higher power or some other sort of entity or some other sort of will that will that that has the power or the capacity to move me out elsewhere 
and to see people humbly, to humbly be before people, which is very difficult for me um, right now. Um, and I'm, I also, I, and I'm also really thinking about how I joined Overeaters Anonymous um, in a little bit earlier this year, um, and how I have a sponsor and I'm meeting with my sponsor and it was really um, just, I was so overwhelmed by the whole process. I didn't want to open up to someone new that I did not know to tell them about myself. I was going through a breakup that with someone that I do did not want to lose and I wanted to talk to them. I wanted to process with them. I wanted them to be the person and, and I'm and even though my former partner and other people have really done a really good job of trying to draw my attention to the idea that that I want to interact with them and talk to them is definitely um, a sign of my own compulsions and addictive behaviors and programming where I I need to I need to develop my own kinds of will and own kinds of of metrics and and self-authorization and self-verification and as I've developed an, an eating plan and, and submitted to my eating plan, which has been really hard, it's day three of trying to, of abstaining. Um, and I- Time, please. Okay, thank you so much. <laughs> I'll pass. Okay, thank you so much. And um, again, if you um, have not shared in the last three days and would like to share on the fifth paragraph on page 156, please give me your first name and the initial of your last name. Nina R. M. Reba P. I can't hear. There's a loud noise. I can't hear anybody. I heard Reba P. Jessica M. Nina R. Nina R. Okay. Melissa C. Melissa C. Anyone else? Anyone else? Okay, well, let's go with those four, and then we'll open it up. Jessica M., Nina R., Reva P., and Melissa C. Jessica M., you're up. Everyone else, please mute. Good morning. This is Jessica M., a recovered compulsive overeater from Pennsylvania. And uh, thank you all for your service today. The thing that's really, really sort of leaping off the page and as everyone is sharing, and I'm so grateful for all the shares to me, is that these guys went to this third guy with no big book, with no literature, with nothing, with no 12 steps. They had their own experience and that was it. And that was enough to have the confidence they had to say, put him in a private room, we'll be down. I absolutely love the way that um, this group really digs into each and every paragraph because I think when I'm, you know, reading this <clears throat> with a sponsee or, or my sponsor and, and we're going through it, you know, page by page, it's, it's almost like we're missing so much. And that's what I love about A Vision for You, that, that you know, all I really need to help another person who has compulsive overeating as a disease is my experience in the solution. 
in and my experience in the disease before finding the solution. And to me, if that's not um, divinely inspired, I don't know what is. I absolutely love how, um, you know, I'll never forget, you know, sitting across from a sponsee and sharing with them, you know, the food plan and, and all the kinds of things that you share when you're first working with someone and the look of horror on her face, uh, you know, at all of the, you know, prospect of, oh, my God, I have to do all this work. And then when we get out to the to the cars in the parking lot and, and I say to her, you know, we'll talk tomorrow, there's, there's this, like, I'm going to be here for you. There's this relief in their face. And, and I'm just, I... So I'm I'm really really grateful that really all I need is my experience. This isn't about me, you know, being getting an A plus in um, you know any kind of academic course. It's about me having an experience that I can share with someone else that will help them. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jessica. Okay, Nina R, you're up, followed by Reba P. Nina R, star one to unmute. Nina R, uh, recovering anorexic bulimic from New York City. Um, you know, I, I don't know if I'm a promising uh, prospect or not, um, according, you know, per my sponsor's view. Uh, my sponsors are from Vision and... Um, I don't need to know. I'm just so grateful that he's willing to work with me. Um, and, it, you know, there's a lot of recovering that I need to do in in, in terms of, um, you know, working towards letting go of um, old ideas and, and belief systems around um like my food plan and, and beliefs. Um, and, you know, there's never been a time in, in my recovery where I've, I've felt so grateful to be a member of OA, and I've been around the rooms for a long time. And um, But the one thing that, uh, that really makes me uncomfortable or, or, or saddens me is that, I hear so much recovery on this line, and I listen to the meetings um, religiously, and I hear about recovered people reaching out to newcomers or, or um, you know, calling people um, in need of help. And, you know, I'm, I'm creating my little support network right now, and I have a few people I talk to every single day and 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 I call new people because I want I want recovery like theirs and they're like yeah call back call back but you know you're you're you know let's I'll keep you you know let's let's you know create an ongoing um you know uh you know, let's be contact. And, you know, I, I don't get phone calls back from those people in terms of, like, how are you? And it's and I know how hard it is to reach out. And for me, I I follow up 
with people because I know how hard it is for them to call me. And I think that's one of the reasons why we have the first hour of the second meeting for newcomers to give their names. And um, so when people say they carry the message and they reach out to new people, I'm, I'm wondering who those people they're reaching out to. Um, because I've, I've had great conversations with people and they've helped me tremendously. But Time, please. And I'll end with that. Um, again, this is my home group and I've gotten so much from everyone, but I, I, I seek more and I think there's more to get from, from people. Thank you. Okay, thank you, Nina. Reva P., you're up, followed by Melissa C. Good morning. This is Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto. What strikes me the most in this paragraph is the sentence that the use of spiritual principles was not so well understood the way it is now. And I looked up the word spiritual, and it says it has to do with the spirit or the soul as opposed to the physical or material. So the question I can ask myself today is, do I understand that spiritual principles um, are the most important thing? Do I understand that I have a spiritual malady and that food was my solution? Do I understand how to use the spiritual principles um, by putting the food down so that I have some clarity um, and then working the steps? because it's, this is talking about a guy who was in the hospital eight times. So they dried him out. So he had like the physical detox. And yes, that's a prerequisite. But to stay stopped and to live happy, joyous, and free, I need to ab- address the obsession of my mind. And the only thing that will work for that is spiritual principles um, and this connection and access to a power greater than myself. So when it says... By description, he wasn't promising, you know, seemingly hopeless state of mind and body, seemingly hopeless situations. Do I understand that um, a seemingly hopeless situation can only be solved by spiritual principles, by doing my footwork? And here they're doing their footwork. They're putting him in a private room. They're taking the action and they have no idea what the outcome is going to be. So I use the steps and I practice this spiritual program of recovery and I have no control over outcomes, but they're immaterial because I just am supposed to do my footwork. So I guess for me this is a great reminder that physical abstinence only is not going to work for a real compulsive overeater like me and managing pages 60 to 63, which I often try to do, all the people and events in my life and the material things in my life is not going to do it for me. It's not going to help me with my defects. It's only a spiritual solution. Um, So that's what struck me, and with that, I pass. Thank you, Nessa. I'm sorry, that was Reva P. (laughs) Sorry. Um, and Melissa C., you're up, and then we'll have time for three or four more. 
Hi. Good morning, Katie. Thank you so much for your service this morning. I'm Alyssa Say. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and I live in New York. And, um, you know, like those that seem and appear none too promising, you know, like living in shambles, right, one successful and then losing it all. He's beating up nurses. He's completely out of control behavior. Um, yeah, that that's what appeared to be none too promising. And, you know, they needed him to get free of the alcohol because he was dangerous and violent, right? But they didn't even walk away from him then, right? They They gave him his required care, which, you know, meant like, putting him in a room and taking care of him, um, they were helpful right from the start. They didn't, like, wait. You know, they might have waited to start applying the spiritual principles, but but they didn't abandon him, right? They they actually gave him care from the start, and they didn't know what, what the outcome was going to be of that at all. And, you know, <clears throat> the beautiful truth for us is that, like, the none too promising or action, you know, um, Actually, they're the most promising. Like when the pain and suffering reaches that severe level, you know, oftentimes we're more ready to change. And I'm, I find it's actually harder to help someone who just thinks their food is their only issue, right? And um, are they promising if they have all their life in order? Like if they're merely trying to still fit their recovery and this these steps, right, whatever that means, the work that you give them, these spiritual principles into their fully functioning life, right? And those are like, for me, those are the least promising. I was the least promising when I was in that position. You know, the ones whose life are, they're crumbling, you know, they're generally more willing to have a changed life. They're more available to transformation. And that was my truth. I became promising when my desperation was extreme when I couldn't drive to work without trembling, you know, when I couldn't make eye contact. And, you know, I showed up at a meeting. I was spilling out of my seat, right? I didn't sit in my seat. And my head was down and I was crying. And, like, today, that's that's what I think I'm, I more look for because those are the people that are actually more ready for transformation. And, you know, and if all I get to say to them is, like, one small thing and then the disease you know, grabs hold of them and pulls them under again. That's that's like that's not my job to to predict what's going to happen in the future. I just have to show up, and I really, I think they set a beautiful example for us. And um, thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa. Okay, so we are on the bottom of page one fifty six, the last paragraph. Here was the prospect, and we have time for. Uh, Four more people who would like, I'm sorry, yeah, 12 minutes, four people. Uh huh. Beth W. Beth W. Carmela G. Maura Z. Maura Z. Irie B. Kylie B. Can you hear me, Irie. Michael M? <clears throat> I did not hear you. Just one second. I have Beth W., Carmela G., and it was. I think it was Kylie. No, Irie. Irie. Okay. Um, I'm sorry. Michael yes, M. And Michael, if we have time, we'll have yeah, you. Yeah, I've been but, trying um, to get This is the first time I've heard you this morning, Michael. I'm sorry. Um, 
Okay, Beth W, Carmela G, Mara Z, Irie, and if we have time, um, Michael M. Go ahead, please, Beth W. Star one to unmute, Beth. Hi, good morning, this is Beth W. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from North Dakota. Thanks for calling on me, and um, thanks for taking the meeting. I um, I was surprised that I had anything to say about this paragraph, but um, I'm spurred on by the the idea that uh, this writing, they, they were judgmental, just like I am, and um, that gives me hope. You know, they said he's none too promising. You know, right away they're deciding whether, you know, what, what it is about this guy that might work or might not work or, um, you know, whether he's sick enough or too sick. <clears throat> and what I realized is I'm just like that. I, I, can, um, I can be judgmental and, I, and, and so in a new way I'm identifying in. You know, I can decide about somebody else just by their voice, their, 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 their message, their appearance, their, um, their lack of sharing or, or in my life or being in my life, um, whether they call me back or, or don't call me back, um, whether I, I like what they say when they call me. Um, and boy, I identify in a new way that I am uh, I am just like that. I am judgmental and I have some praying to do and I have some more work to do and my character defects are um, glaring today. In, um, and so what I hope is that I can be like them and just stick with it anyway. That I can make a judgment about somebody and then set it aside. But that is maybe my character defect, and yet God sticks with me, and, and I can just show up anyhow and be uh, accepting and loving to that next person, regardless of who they are and, and how they show up. And uh, so that's all I have today. Thanks. I'll pass. Thank you, Beth. Okay, Carmela G., you're up, followed by Maura Z. Good morning, thank you so much for your service and thank you all for being on the line. This is Carmela G, a grateful compulsive overeater recovered from New York. I, I, the line that I've been focusing on is the use of spiritual principles is such, in such cases was not so well understood as it is now, and I, as I was reflecting on my spiritual fitness and my spiritual principles, when I first started listening to Vision, compared to now, uh, six years later, I realized that initial, the reason I felt like there was no hope was because I was so into myself. Such it was all about Carmela. And oh, oh, no, I can't talk because I'm just so afraid. Nobody would understand I'm not good enough. 
And after working this program and living in this program every day, I realized it's not about Carmela. It's about being there. It's about my connection every morning, plugging in and getting connected with a power greater than Carmela and living a life that's caring and kind and being of service first to that power and then to my fellows. And only when I get out of self and smash my ego, not what I want. As I shared with a newcomer yesterday, prior to program, I gave myself a name, Madam Full Charge. And I was truly in charge of everyone and everybody. And I could judge you all. And today, I am one of you. We are equal. And we walk this road hand in hand. And that is my role now, to extend it. And if there's a response, fine. And if there is not, that's okay too. Because we all meet when we're supposed to. In God's time, not Carmela's time. Thank you so much and enjoy the day. Thank you, Carmela. Okay, now we'll have Maura Z followed by Irene. Good morning, Katie. Katie F. in Virginia, thanks so much for your service starting my timer. Um, you know, it's what, four sentences in this little paragraph and it says so much? You know, I'm I'm remembering, or not I'm not remembering, I wasn't there, <laughs> but I'm thinking about this is the story of two guys who just met. I mean, you know, I don't know how many days have passed by the time, you know, they talked and then they're gonna go visit Bob D. I don't know how many days it is, but they just met. And in their meeting, which lasted five hours as opposed to the fifteen minutes that uh, Dr. Bob said he would do, um they figured out that just as Bill W. brought this story, this idea, this solution, you know, threadbare as it was in the beginning to Dr. Bob, they figured out between them that they needed to do this again. They needed to repeat this experiment again if they were going to stay sober. In other words, it had to be built upon. It couldn't just be these two guys. They had to repeat it and repeat it and repeat it. And in that, they taught us that we need to repeat it. We need to take what we have been so generously given. I will speak for myself. What I have been so generously given by all of the sponsors that put up with my garbage and, and all kinds of, you know, schemes you know, till I could get to where I am today by God's grace and mercy. Because I found this wonderful meeting, that it was directed, I was directed to this meeting by someone else in the fellowship. That's what it is. It's one person talking to another. It's, it's as it is in Bill's story, it ends with, you know, every day somewhere around the world, you know, the message is shared, one alcoholic to another. I'm paraphrasing horribly. 
Um, but that's the bottom line for us. I have this incredible gift. It is such a gift. But if I want to keep it, I have to give it away. I have to share it. Because otherwise it means nothing. Otherwise the program dies with me. And dies with each of us unless we carry it on. The only reason we have meetings, I was told many years ago, we have meetings for the newcomer. So I best be calling newcomers. I best be talking to people who have the same problem I have. But they don't have the solution that I've been given. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Mara. Okay, um, now we'll have Irie, and she'll be our last share. Michael, if you could please stay around for the second hour, I apologize. Hi, this is Irie. I'll, I'll like to let Michael have my spot. Thank you. Oh, okay. Well, go ahead. Thank please, you so Michael much. Yeah, are you able to hear me? I am. Okay, thank you so much. Thank you for your service. Uh, what I what hit me, um, I had to do a lecture about 30 years ago on spirituality. I had problem in parochial school, so even though I was in program, I wasn't thrilled with spirituality. And I picked up an old dictionary, and it said a feeling of well-being, which really helped me understand spirituality because it was nature, it was all these things. And today, my higher power is the person I call God. But the other thing I wanted to mention uh, for myself is in the 70s, I came from a very small town. Uh, when it was only a summer, like a summer town. And we had 50, 60 people in OA, and we had three meetings. Uh, what I believe now is vision has brought that all back. And then I've been coming to vision for about four years. And I never left 12-step food programs. Uh, however, I am entirely abstinent because I always learned much more in my food programs than I did going second program. It was the father program, but it was a food program that taught me the big book. So I also want to remind myself that Father Dowling was not an alcoholic, and he was one of the forefathers, the forefathers of, of, the, of AA, and he used the 12 steps to lose weight because he was near knew with Sister Ignatia. And there's so much help that we have that it's really in the big book that most people don't know, you know, like Carl Jung and a lot of books that Bill Wilson read. So I'm very grateful to see OA because that was my, my first program. Uh, it bro fell apart in the, maybe in the, a we used to have a thousand people upstate for the convention. And to see it happening again with vision is the most miraculous and beautiful thing for me because I am entirely abstinent, and I haven't been entirely abstinent for a long, long time. So thank you so much for your service, and I'm so grateful that you heard me. Um, and have a beautiful, safe, blessed day. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. Right on time to end at 7.55. Okay, thank you to everyone who shared. Thank you to everyone who helped with this meeting. Um, and we will now please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And the share ID for today, May 14th, 7 a.m. meeting is 14,624. That's 14624. And we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, 
followed by the serenity prayer. Will Katie G. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Yes. Good morning, Katie. Thank you for your service. Katie G. Recovered, Impulsive Overeater, Anorexic and Bulimic in Boston. A Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.